It's Friday and I'm having a night out at Manchester Central, but not with friends and there are no cocktails. Tonight I am spending the evening in a room packed with the people who will choose our next Prime Minister. This is the Manchester Weekly from the Mill. Hello, I'm Daryl Morris. Yoshi's still away on his holidays this week, so the Mill's brilliant Danny Cole joins me for a look through the week's news. Danny, hello there. Hey, Daryl, how are you doing? Yeah, really well. Um, today we're going to find out more about Royal Oldham Hospital and why it needs a new roof. This roof needs replacing. And if you're thinking of popping to Piccadilly Gardens for a cigarette, you might have to think again. Uh, we'll get into all of that in a little sec. Uh, firstly, uh, Danny, let's start off with the Tory party hustings. Yes, that's still going on. That is still happening, if you can believe it. And they've been touring the country, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss, trying to convince Conservative Party members to vote for them. Polls are to be believed. Liz Truss looks like she'll be a clear winner. But they were in Manchester this week, Danny, and you were there. Yes. So last Friday, about a thousand Conservative Party members descended onto Manchester Central to see Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss talk about key issues, which would hopefully maybe swing the vote. Liz Truss what did appear to be the obvious favourite. There are quite a few uh, in Liz We Trust signs and T-shirts and a lot of cheers and um, clapping when, when she appeared. Rishi Sunak spoke about introducing sort of additional stop and search powers in Greater Manchester, which was quite interesting. Um, he claimed that the region sort of had some of the highest knife crime rates in the country. Obviously very interesting given sort of um, the situation that's sort of happening in Moss Side. Obviously in the past few weeks there was the, the fatal shooting of 20-year-old um, Javel Morgan and obviously there have been like of, um, various incidents in, in Moss Side. So that's definitely uh, one to sort of keep an eye on. And did he he link to those two things directly? Did he did he did he reference what had happened in in, in Moss Side? He did not, but um, obviously, if you live in Greater Manchester or you live in Manchester, um, I think that the inference would have been quite obvious there. Sure, okay, that's interesting, and an interesting new commitment as well that we're sort of keeping an eye on when they do float new policy ideas uh, during this whole process. And oh, we've got to mention the the L word, the L U word, uh, leveling up. Danny, did it get much of a mention? I think both candidates did mention it. Interestingly enough, levelling up wasn't um, something that was a talking point that members put to both of the candidates. Um, Obviously, how we were going to tackle inflation, sort of helping younger people get on the housing ladder. And then one one person did throw in a question about sort of lefty woke culture and how he had been sort of excluded from college because he'd sort of tweeted something in support of the Rwanda policy. But no, levelling up sort of wasn't something that the members were touched upon, which was quite interesting. Mm, okay. I think HS2 got a mention during the Birmingham hustings this week, which was sort of quite interesting. HS2, railways, you know, travel and transport, uh, very much front and centre of Manchester's mind. Was it on the agenda, though, at the hustings? Yes. So Liz Truss sort of reinforced her commitment to the Northern Powerhouse Rail. Um, and she said that she wanted to make the M62 the, the highway to success. So obviously, um, Northern Powerhouse Rail has been sort of, uh, it was promised by Boris Johnson. Obviously, Liz Truss is sort of getting behind that, obviously, um, perhaps to secure some some votes up here as well. What sense did you get from the people that were there, Danny, that were in the room? You were in amongst the people who are going to be, who are going to decide who who our next prime minister is. Uh, What was speaking to them? What what, what did they tell you? What what sort of feeling did you get? Um, There were a few people who were very, um, very much 
on in the Liz, Liz Trust camp and there were some people who were very much in the Rishi Sunak camp. I did speak to one gentleman who um, prior to coming to the hustings said he he had thought about voting for Rishi Sunak but after after the hustings he wasn't wasn't so sure. The feeling I got was I, mean, I wouldn't say out of touch but you know the the key issues that you know many people in Greater Manchester are sort of very concerned about sort of the cost of living crisis and um, you know the energy crisis um, it just wasn't it didn't quite um, the points didn't quite strike home okay and, and and we're hearing lots and lots about Liz Truss she seems to be uh, the bookies favorite she's running away with it all of the polls have her in a, a lead that is out of reach for Rishi Sunak did your experience in the room sort of reinforce that image that we've got of the way that this is going Absolutely. So the the Conservative Party uh, member that I had a chat to, you know, we had a quite um, quite a civilised debate. So definitely in her presentation, Liz Truss came across as more polished, um, sort of put together. And she said a lot of points that many members in the room sort of agreed with. So she got a lot of applause. Rishi Sunak, in comparison, sort of came across as a bit sort of hectic, sort of kind of not stumbling over his words, but sort of maybe very overexcited and sort of running, running over on questions when obviously it was quite time sensitive but the man that I spoke to um, said that Rishi Sunak obviously has he was formerly the chancellor maybe there was a bit more trust in him just because he understood the economy and obviously inflation and sort of um, is, is a key issue at the moment. Okay, uh, well, we'll find out soon enough which way that goes uh, as a new prime minister is anointed by the Conservative Party. Uh, moving on here in Greater Manchester, you know, the Tory party uh, leadership campaign rumbles on, but so does life. And three Greater Manchester MPs and the Salford Mayor Paul Dennett have urged the social housing bosses in Salford to take urgent action of what they describe as a life-threatening squalor that some tenants are living in. Danny, this follows the, the revelation about some houses owned by the Housing Association Salix homes. What are they saying is wrong with them? Um, so residents living in these homes, they've been troubled, you know, for months by uh, vermin, so rats, uh, mice, and also flies. And perhaps more worryingly, there's been mention of black mould. I think part of the issue is this is that these homes are sort of near a waste disposal tip, so obviously exacerbating the problem. But it is very much of concern, obviously, with the tragic death of a two-year-old boy in Rochdale that was uh, earlier reported this week who had been exposed to damp and mould, which obviously called health issues, and um, he died. Yeah, it's really focused minds that, hasn't it, for sure. Um, Okay, so so what does that mean for life on these estates? What is life like for the people that are living there? Yeah, so by all accounts, it sounds absolutely miserable. Um, the Manchester Evening News interviewed, you know, um, multiple sort of residents um, living there, including um, a woman who was 30 weeks pregnant, just because of the conditions and the mould and sort of the really unhygienic conditions. She claimed that she was spending every day sort of cleaning. She was, you know, getting on her knees, you know, scrubbing sort of with cleaning detergents and bleach, which obviously um, in her condition is, is not ideal. Um, and some people have even temporarily moved out of their homes just because the conditions are just absolutely unbearable to to cope with. So what what do the MPs and Salford's mayor Paul Dennett want to see happen? So I think in the outlines sort of um, various points in a letter, but I think one of the most important points is that they want these issues to be resolved, you know, urgently. And basically any any of the houses which have been found to be substandard or to have mould in them, um, you know, they want these issues dealt with, you know, pretty quickly. What of uh, Salix Homes? What are they saying? 
So in a statement, um, a spokesperson said, our officers are working with partners to get the problem resolved. So they have already provided some pest control treatments in the area. And then they've said they will take more action if required. Um, They've also encouraged residents to come forward um, if they've got any concerns about sort of the properties they're living in or the surrounding areas. So um, I suppose very much open to receiving feedback. Okay, Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that story and we'll we'll come back to it for sure, won't we, Danny? Uh, No doubt about that. Uh, Speaking of uh, buildings that aren't fit for purpose or don't seem to to be. The roof of Royal Oldham Hospital needs to be replaced. You can add that to the long list of issues for the Northern Care Alliance uh, who run the hospital. Danny, what's going on here? This is this is the material, isn't it, that we're talking about here that the roof is made from? Yes. So in the roofs of these buildings are roof planks, which have been made from something called reinforced autoclaved aerated concrete, which has been shortened to RAAC because it's quite a mouthful. And basically it's causing a whole load of issues because if you think of maybe an aero chocolate bar, it's got all these air bubbles in it. So it is is not as strong as traditional concrete. So that's that's what's been causing the issues. So the, the, the roof at Royal Oldham Hospital is like a, an aero chocolate bar, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, uh, this is, and, and the, the, it's not just um, uh, Oldham that we're talking about, because this kind of roofing, this uh, old this aero chocolate bar roof, is also used at some other Alliance hospitals. Yes, so um, I believe the roof in one of the buildings um, at Salford Royal has also been found to have this RAAC so, um, in it which is obviously, of course, cause some concern. And, and is it, I mean, I guess this will be alarming for, for, for patients and for staff, you know, who, who've got to work and, you know, receive their care underneath these roofs. Is it, is it unsafe? Because it is not as strong as traditional concrete, in some buildings that it's been found on, it has been, been found to cause um, sudden collapse. But after inspections, both at Salford Royal and Royal Autumn Hospital, the, the planks have been found to be in good condition. So I don't think there's any immediate cause for alarm, but obviously the situation is not ideal. Okay, right. And have they indicated as to when this might be fixed? Yeah, so um, the NHS said that they will sort of commit to fully remove all these sort of aero sort of RAAC planks from their NHS estate by 2035. So no immediate action, but, you know, they are are saying that they'll get rid of them pretty in in the long, long run. Okay. I don't know if this is good publicity or bad publicity for Aero chocolate bars. Maybe maybe all publicity is good publicity. At least it's getting them a mention, uh, I suppose. Um, elsewhere this week, Danny, uh, this is a story we've kind of had our eye on for a little while. We've been considering, we've been sort of uh, trying to figure out whether or not these trials were going to happen of outside no smoking areas. So we've all become accustomed to not being able to smoke in public places indoors, Danny. But it looks like some uh, Greater Manchester areas are being earmarked for a trial for this outdoors. Yes, so Piccadilly Gardens is one of the places that has been sort of um, touted for sort of a trial of this outside no smoking zone. Quick story, last year I was actually fined in Piccadilly Gardens for dropping a cigarette butt, so I was fined £150, which is my fault entirely, but it did help me quit smoking. So I have been smoke-free for about a year now, and um, I'm very pleased to say that I'm actually um, in full support of no smoking zones outside, just because it's, you know, it's a terrible habit, obviously with really serious health implications, so um, I'm, I'm behind it. Good. I also got fined once for dropping litter at Piccadilly Gardens. But what happened was I, I was sat next to a guy. Uh, we were both, both having our lunch. I was sat next to a guy. He left a newspaper next uh, in between us and walked off. And then when I got up about 20 minutes later to walk off, somebody said, hey, you've left that newspaper. Here's a fine. 
And I mean, there's no amount of it's not my newspaper that, that works in that scenario. And I had to, had to pay the fine, unfortunately, pay that guy's fine, uh, which is very annoying. Okay, so, so people have been listening to this thinking, look, look, I understand the logic of a indoor ban on smoking. That makes sense if I'm in a pub or a bar or a restaurant or whatever else, and I've got nowhere else to go. Outside, fresh air you know smoke rises etc is there any evidence that that this would make any kind of difference i'm not quite sure on that but obviously secondhand smoking is you know a serious issue and in greater manchester approximately about 5000 people die a year due to smoking related diseases so we'll have to keep an eye on that but obviously i'm behind sort of having no smoke zones just because i think it makes everybody healthier mm, well if it helped you yeah why not absolutely uh, okay well um we will we'll watch that as well and we'll uh, we'll let you know if those trials happen happen and what the result of them is if they do um okay uh, let's have a couple of quick hits danny and protests outside old trafford a manchester united's game against liverpool this weekend Yes, so um, fans gathered to protest Glazers' ownership, um, obviously for Manchester United. Kind of the atmosphere changed somewhat after um, Manchester United sort of came away victorious against um, Liverpool. So they they all left um, feeling quite happy. And there was, um, I think there were a few jokes floating around Twitter saying, um, aren't you supposed to be protesting? Oh, let the Glazers stay. If they can win too much, if they can beat Liverpool, let the Glazers stay. Uh, this is this is a big issue, uh, Danny, for a really big company and institution in Manchester, isn't it? And and you know, I think I think we can very easily sort of gloss over these stories as if they're not really relevant. As if they're just sports stories, but they're not. They're stories about our economy and about a business and and, and about, the, the, about the workforce as well in, Man- in Manchester, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll keep it on the uh, story in Manchester United. And uh, whilst we're at football, Jill Scott is retiring from the game with a, a medal around her neck after being part of the Lionesses victory at Wembley earlier this month. Danny, who is Jill Scott? Jill Scott is the 35-year-old midfielder. Um, so she won the Euro 2020 um, with England this summer. And she has had a pretty incredible career. So she has had the second most capped, she's the second most capped player sort of male or female in English football history which is um, a pretty pretty good accolade to have I guess and sort of her career has spanned sort of 16 years um, sort of internationally which is again pretty pretty amazing. She also owns a cafe in Manchester as well, Danny. I don't know if you knew that, but she owns a coffee shop, yeah, which she, she pops into sometimes and, and, and works at uh, if she's not training or you know away playing or whatever else. So, so that's nice. She's a man, she's a bit of a Gary Neville. She's the uh, she's the female uh, equivalent of Gary Neville, footballer and entrepreneur. Let's see how much of the city she buys up in the next couple of years during her retirement. Okay, uh, and well done, Danny, on a couple of football stories. I know it's not your forte, is it? <laughs> Yoshi, come back, please. <laughs> <laughs> you did very well. You did really, really well. Um, uh, what else is going on? You're in the Mill newsroom at the moment, um, uh, Danny. What else is happening? What's on your radar news-wise? Um, so at the weekend, it was a very pretty, exciting event. Our very own Jack Delante ha- was sort of mildly coerced into uh, participating in a stand-up comedy course. So we went to see him perform live at the Frog and Bucket, where he sort of wowed the audience with his uh, deadpan humour. So he is currently writing about his experience. So that will be a feature that is coming up soon. Um, Also at the weekend, we've got a piece about sort of Victorian rent conditions by um, historian Thomas McGrath. So look out for that. That looks to be very good, as obviously there are issues in there that will strike relevant today for sure 
Okay, very good. Uh, was was Jack any good at, com- at comedy? You can you can be honest about it, Danny. Um, we were really worried. Actually, he would be the worst person there, but um, he was he was actually the funniest. We might be a bit biased, but he he was definitely the funniest of the lot. <laughs> very good. Okay, all right. Well, we'll look forward to reading about that in the mill. Manchestermill.co.uk is where you go to subscribe, and we always give a little bit of a nod, Danny, for the week ahead, weekend ahead. Uh, if there's something going on that's worth checking out, what's on your radar? Um, so the Bolton Food and Drink Festival is kicking off at the weekend. It looks to be very good. I believe the Hairy Bikers and Ainsley Harriet will be making an appearance. So if you are up in Bolton, um, definitely give that a check out. Great. And of course, it's Manchester Pride this weekend as well. Uh, loads going on in, around, in and around the city. Uh, whether you've got a ticket to the actual Pride events or not, there's just, there's just generally loads of festivities. It's always a really, really great weekend uh, in the city. And just be uh, aware of some road closures as well around the city centre for the parade over the weekend. And on that issue, by the way, don't forget our uh, podcast with Mark Fletcher, who is the CEO of Manchester Pride. He's had a torrid couple of years, some big question marks over his leadership of the organisation, over the uh, finance of the organisation and over the uh, the sort of the intent as well and what Manchester Pride stands for these days. He answered those questions when we put them to him on our podcast from last week. You'll find that just below this in your podcast feed. Uh, so don't forget to like and subscribe to us. We're not here next week, actually. We're taking a little summer break on the podcast next week, but we'll be back uh, the week after with a new prime minister as well uh, to consider and lots of big developments, no doubt, as we tick into September. So in the meantime, hit like and subscribe and when we're back you'll have us pop up in your podcast feed and don't forget to subscribe to the mill for more news and events and deep dives into the stories that matter in the city that you love manchestermill.co.uk is where you go to do that manchestermill.co.uk danny for now thank you thank you see you soon